the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese. Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Flow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered to Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIVIC. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. It is cold outside. The weather has been telling us that winter is coming. This week, we have to, we'll have to scrape the ice from the windshield. And if the ice is here, can winter be far behind? But even if it's cold in the morning, we can still look forward to it warming up during the day. And most fall days are dry and brisk. <laughs> they haven't been recently, but they will be. Maybe the Indian summer. And that gives us the opportunity to get outside and to tend to our chores. And one of the chores... This week will be, well, today, will be to get up the uh, Halloween decorations. And uh, everything uh, decorates your house with. And there's all sorts of Halloween uh, activity this weekend. And uh, each different uh, community has to be, you know, has their own guidelines. Some places it's uh, business as usual. Other places it's curfews. Other places it's uh, area you want to send the kids down to the community center. Uh, in any case, uh, now's the time to get serious about safety and uh, remembering the kids, uh, remind them to look uh, right and left and right again before crossing the street and no running into the street between parked cars 
And anyone who has gone out with the kids in previous Halloween knows that uh, things can get wild out there. You tell them to stay on one side of the street and then we're going to go down to the corner and we're going to cross over and then we're going to come down the other side of the street. That works until uh, someone hears that there's big feet on the other side of the street. And then the other other kids, they dash across the street and your kids want to go too. And that's when you have to get tough. Otherwise, the kids will be dashing from one side of the street to the other all the way down. And uh, also make sure that the costumes for the kids, uh, make sure they don't contribute to trips and falls because the kids are moving fast and they're dashing across lawns and through flower beds and everything else. And and maybe instead of masks, uh, which can obstruct the view, uh, maybe use face paint or makeup or something like that. And then we as drivers uh, need to slow down and be especially alert tonight in uh, residential neighborhoods. The children are excited on Halloween and they, they may move in unpredictable ways. And you just have to remind yourself early because uh, typically whenever I'm driving on Halloween, uh, I don't remember until I see the first kid pop out of nowhere. And then I suddenly remember I have to be very, very careful. So, and if it's your duty to stay home, uh, you'll have to be ready for the onslaught of uh, ghosts and goblins and monsters and even some fairy princesses. Uh, they're going to be looking for their goodies tonight, but it's comforting to know that the devilish fiends can be brought off with so little a chocolate bar or a bag of M&M. But in any case, we're smart enough to have bought the candy we like, just in case there's some left over. And don't forget about your dog or cat. Uh, chocolates and other treats and tinfoil and cellophane candy wrappers can all be hazardous uh, to the pets. So, uh, also, you might want to keep your pet in another room if the uh, children's uh, costumes will frighten the animal. Or if you think your pet might dart out the, out the door when you open the door. And otherwise, uh, just relax and have a ho- happy Halloween. And don't worry about the uh, uh, the uh, stock market. So, and uh, remember that give, uh, give the uh, a sermon to your youngsters about the COVID and uh, try to keep them distant and, uh, and uh, wear their face masks. <laughs> you know, we talk about uh, masks. I think one of the things we're going to see uh, this Halloween is some uh, well-decorated uh, uh, medical masks. So we'll look forward to seeing what the, uh, what the kids bring along. So uh, this weekend, this week, global equities were down. Uh, the U.S., the, the European Union, and the uh, Asia were all down. Uh, this week seemed to be a combination of different problems from different continents uh, to create the perfect storm for uh, global equities. In Europe, uh, the resurgence of the uh, COVID uh, may cause the recovery to come to a halt as governments ordered lockdowns. For instance, according to the Financial Times, uh, Germany and France will clamp down on uh, movement as, for at least an, a month, uh, coming close to the stringent lockdowns in the spring as Europe uh, seeks to regain control of the rapid spread of the coronavirus. 
Germany, UK, Italy, Spain, Greece, and uh, in a lot of the other com- uh, countries, Poland and uh, Czechoslovakia, uh, they've all re- reported uh, record daily increases in cases this week. And the European Union's two largest economies will shutter uh, bars and restaurants and non-essential services. According to uh, the Financial Times, uh, uh, France uh, is going to do what? Until they're going to do this lockdown until December 1st. And uh, bars and restaurants will close. Uh, Domestic travel is banned. I don't know what that really means. I don't know what... uh, whether it's country to country or city to city, uh, domestic uh, uh, public, uh, no public gatherings, non-essential retailers will close. Uh, companies encouraged to work re- uh, remotely if possible. They're going to keep the schools open. And another odd thing that retirement homes will be open for visitors. So I would think they would be locked up tight, but apparently not. Uh, again, continuing on, France's shutdown uh, has started uh, Friday, yesterday, while Germany's restrictions will take place on Monday. Uh, the Financial Times continues, the moves are part of a series of uh, tighter measures being imposed by governments across Europe, uh, with more than 210,000 uh, people have died from the uh, disease. And... Uh, and basically, it's uh, 210,000. That's very similar to our 230,000 deaths due to the COVID. So there's not apparently not a great deal of difference between us and the European Union with regard to that. Uh, in spite of these issues, the uh, uh, the there was there was some good news. But let's get to the bad news first. And and in the U.S. equities market, they've increased their volatility in anticipation of the presidential election on Tuesday. Uh, the markets are typically always volatile around elections in, in terms of uh, the traders, stock traders need to, uh, they feel the need for speed at these times, and uh, they feel the need for action. So uh, suddenly the, the uh, markets will either go up or down. You're never quite sure. In this case, they went down, and uh, it'll be volatile until uh, for a couple of weeks now until they sort out the uh, the winner, and uh, it might be a little longer this time because of the paper ballots. And to add to the frustration, uh, the long-awaited uh, second stimulus package of approximately two trillion dollars—that's all but guaranteed to have to wait until after the election. Uh, there's a high probability that the stimulus package will get done sometime after the election, since there, there's basically a lot of things in that package that both parties uh, can agree to. So it's strictly a matter of uh, uh, waiting and, uh, for maybe a few, uh, maybe for another month until they get things sorted out. In spite of all these issues, the U.S. economic recovery is continuing with uh, good news. For instance, the uh, gross domestic product uh, for the third quarter shows that the uh, U.S. economy grew at the fastest pace since the end of World War II uh, in the third quarter. And the third quarter is uh, July, August, and September. And uh, 
more people are going uh, back to work. Uh, that came from the uh, Department of Labor report. And also, uh, spending is up uh, approximately, uh, uh, spending is up over uh, 1.5% uh, for the month. The manufacturing is up, uh, especially with high demands for auto, electronics, and communications equipment. And then you have new home sales. That was up uh, 32% in September, above September a year earlier. And uh, new applications for unemployment benefits uh, continues to ease downward. Uh, the number on the number on the continuing uh, unemployment benefits dropped over a million uh, to seven million seven hundred and fifty-six thousand in uh, in the, the week of uh, end the week uh, ending October twenty-four. So. Basically, that number seven hundred seventy seven hundred seven million seven hundred fifty six thousand. Uh, that that number was something like eighteen million uh, several months ago, but it's gradually gone down. And this last week, uh, during the, that period where they were counting things, it went down a million to uh, seven million. Uh, so we've got basically close to eight hundred million people that are on continuing unemployment, and that number is going down, um, in this case, a million in a week. So uh, that's basically good news, and there's good news in terms of the vaccines uh, and the uh, therapeutics. In other words, uh, basically, the U.S. government has poured billions and billions of dollars into this uh, uh plans of getting these vaccines uh, developed and getting the uh, production of these vaccines ready uh, so that when they, the minute that they're approved, why the, uh, uh, they can produce millions of uh, um, doses of these vaccines. Uh, Pfizer, uh, uh, they delayed until their, uh, I think it's mid-November, when they're going to um, uh, release their uh, vaccine, uh, and that'll be on an emergency basis. And, you know, the, the, basically what's going to happen is they, uh, the vaccines uh, will probably take a year to get distributed. First, there'll, there'll be a priority in terms of who gets the uh, vaccines, and then uh, gradually before it gets through the entire population of the United States, it'll probably be the year uh, 2022. So it'll take a year to get everybody vaccinated, at least. And then uh, Eli Lilly, uh, uh, they, they just uh, pulled back their, uh, their, their uh, therapeutic. They had a therapeutic on uh, uh, mild to moderate cases. And then uh, uh, Regen, uh, they had an antibiotic uh, cocktail. This is a therapeutic rather than a vaccine. And uh, uh, they're uh, recommending that for people that have uh, uh, the coronavirus. In fact, uh, President Trump was treated with that when he had the virus. Um, 
So if you, if you take a look and see hey, what's happened uh, this week, there's been a lot of good news with regard to the U.S. economy. And uh, uh, it's just a, a function of the, the, the primary drivers in, in terms of the equities markets this week have been Europe with its, with its uh, outbreak of COVID and uh, uh, the uh, volatility due to the uh, presidential elections coming up. So uh, if we take a look at the, uh, uh, the U.S. economy, let's go into more depth in that uh, gross domestic product. Uh, what we're seeing there is the uh, U.S. economy continues to recover uh, from the shutdowns in March and April. And according to the uh, Commerce Department's report on uh, gross domestic product, uh, third quarter uh, 2020 advanced estimate, uh, according to the Wall, according to the Financial Times, they indicated the U.S. economy grew. Quote: The U.S. economy grew in the third quarter at its fastest pace in post-war history, as activity bounced back from the coronavirus lockdown. Although output has yet to return to the pre-pandemic levels, they're talking about, you know, uh, February before the coronavirus hit, uh, the uh, growth in the uh, third quarter recovered about two-thirds of the uh, ground lost earlier to the uh, pandemic uh, uh, virus. So the jump in gross domestic product, according to the Financial Times, was worth 33.1% on the annualized basis. And uh, the in my discussions with regards to this, uh, the, the uh, U.S. Cons- U.S. Commerce Department, the Bureau of Economic Analysis, they like to talk in terms of uh, percentages on an annualized basis. In other words, uh, as if this, uh, uh, this quarter that they're talking about, which is the third quarter, could be extended for another nine months or to make a whole year. Most countries, particularly, well, in Europe, most countries, they talk about uh, what happened from quarter to quarter. And during the Financial Times, the economic output uh, rose 7.4% in the third quarter compared to the second quarter. So um, the U.S. GDP, this is from the Wall Street, the U.S. general uh, gross domestic product is normally reported at an annual rate. But if the quarter's pace of growth continued for as if it continued for a full year, but the pandemic triggered extreme swings in output, a severe drop followed by a a quick rebound, and that makes the annualized numbers misleading. So when you you take a look at the report, what you're seeing is numbers like 30 and 40 percent. But if you break it down, the the real numbers are in the first quarter of this year, the uh, gross domestic product dropped. 1.3% 1.3% from the fourth quarter of 2019. So the first quarter dropped 1.3%. The second quarter dropped 9% from the uh, uh, where it ended up in the uh, first quarter. And then the third quarter rose 7.4% from uh, where it ended up at the end of the uh, second quarter. So 
Uh, it went down 1.3% in the first quarter. That was January, February, March. In the second quarter, it went down 9% on top of that. Uh, and then on the third quarter, which is basically July, August, and September, it's come up 7.4%. So basically, right now, the U.S. economy is about 3.5% uh, below where it was in the, uh, the start of the year. And uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, the uh, third quarter increase followed a 9% uh, a quarter-to-quarter decline in the second quarter. Uh, forecasts expect the economy to expand through the fourth quarter, though more slowly amid a pandemic still disrupting lives and commerce. Uh, analysts projected the, uh, project the economy will end this year smaller than the year earlier, but will grow in 2021. The Commerce Department's Gross Domestic Product Report provide the uh, last major quantitative snapshot of the economy before Tuesday's presidential election. And then they, were, they continue on, while the improvement between July and September was stronger than had been expected earlier in the year, it does uh, mask concerns that the U.S. economic rebound is slowing down. In other words, we've seen that in several areas um, in terms of... Uh, uh, even the areas that have been going like gangbusters, like uh, home construction, you saw numbers in earlier in the year that were talking about increases of 20%. Now you're talking about increases of maybe uh, 5 or 6%. So uh, the recovery is expected to slow, in the, according to the Wall Street Journal, expected to slow in the fourth quarter as a temporary jolt from the economy reopening and the government stimulus phase, with unemployment expected to remain high this winter, uh, the Wall Street Journal's October survey of economists found that more than half of the respondents don't expect that the gross domestic product will return to its pre-pandemic level until next year and that the economy will contract 3.6% this year. And measured at the end of the uh, at the end of 2020 versus the end of 2019. So big rebound uh, for the uh, uh, for the uh, third quarter. And that was July, August, and September. Uh, if we get that stimulus uh, soon, I think it'll be another big rebound too. And uh, you know when we talk about What's happening in the in the big picture, and we'll talk about what's happening in personal incomes and outlays, and we'll talk about uh, uh, home sales and stuff like that. But I just want to take a, a second to talk about well, we talk about all these uh, macro economic uh, picture to give us some idea of what's happening, what's driving our economy, and what's driving our stock market. Uh, we also have to take a look at what we're doing in terms of our micro uh, economic picture, which is our financial plan. In other words, are you preparing for your future? If you're young, are you preparing for uh, getting married, uh, buying a house, starting a family, uh, and, and the cost of living associated with all those? 
Are you, uh, you're older? Are you preparing for your retirement? All these things have to be taken uh, into account when you're doing your planning for what's going on. Your paycheck comes in and it has to be allocated not only to your standard of living at the present time, but also uh, allocated to fulfill those goals in your future. And the way you do that is to um, basically just be the uh, uh, the CFO, the chief financial officer of your household and say, okay, uh, so much money goes into the 401k, so much money goes into the savings account. We need a emergency fund. The coronavirus impact showed us that. We need so much money for uh, the house down payment if we're going to do that. Uh, when are we going to start a family? Starting a family means that uh, somebody is going to stay home for a while uh, to take care of the uh, babies. And uh, uh, that means a loss of income in that regard. So all these things have to be looked at. And uh, you don't have to have the exact numbers because you don't have the exact numbers. You're, you're predicting what the future is going to be. But you have to start laying it out so that you understand what you're doing and you can start to say, I need this, I need to take this much of my paycheck and squirrel it away into meeting future goals. So and that's part of the financial planning to help you basically do that because if you're doing that the first time, okay, it's difficult the first time and after you've done it uh, for several years, uh, you become a... Uh, a pro at it, but uh, in our case, uh, we do it for, for thousands of people, and uh, it, it's you know there's nothing that uh, you're going to show us that uh, is going to surprise us in terms of the financial plan. So you can give us a call with regard to your uh, financial plan or your questions about uh, plans or anything you want to call us about. We have a toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. Give us a call. We'll be glad to talk to you about uh, whatever you want to talk about. And stay tuned. Uh, We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, buying your next home, planning for retirement, finding that right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow. I was working in the lab late one night when 
my eyes beheld an eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise. And suddenly, <laughs> Welcome back to Get Rich Show. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call. Our toll-free number is 1-888-281-1110. Call us and uh, ask us about your question. Colin, did we have a light there? Yeah, we did. We did. Abby gave us a call, Jim, and she and her husband are past the age of 62, but not full retirement age yet. And she wants to know if we applied for Social Security, but still worked as long as possible. How do you think that would work out for them? Okay. What I can do is is give you the the rules and regs so that... uh, you can sit down with a pencil and a piece of paper and uh, uh, basically work it out to see how the numbers look for you. Uh, if you get Social Security benefits and work at the same time, in other words, if you, you're you going to continue working, I assume, uh, you have to know the rules. So if you're under a full retirement age, which you are at 62, uh, 66 plus so many months is is generally the full retirement age for people retiring now. And uh, uh, if you make more, if you're earning and you're making more than 18000 I think it's $18,250 uh, in uh, uh, this year, uh, then and uh, they're going to deduct $1.00. For every two one dollar of benefits, for every two dollars you make above that limit. So let's say, okay, uh, you've got a job, uh, you're making a living. You decide, well, I could use the extra money for Social Security, uh, so I'm going to uh, request Social Security. They put that ceiling uh, of eighteen thousand two hundred and some above you, and if you make more than that amount, they're going to take a a dollar for every two dollars uh, you make above that. Now, the year that you become full retirement age, sixty-six in some months, uh, that eighteen thousand goes up to I think forty-four, maybe forty-eight thousand. I think, but you'd have to—I don't have the numbers right in front of me right now. But you'd have to check with Social Security or uh, take a look in uh, the internet and find out what that number is. So, the year that you become Full retirement age, they give you a greater uh, ceiling. They move the ceiling up, but otherwise, uh, uh, the ceiling is around eighteen thousand two hundred. And uh, uh, what happens there is that, uh, well, before we before we get to that, if you go, if you wait till full retirement age, uh, you can get your um, your your full benefit. Now, if you go before full retirement age, you can go at 62. Uh, they're going to gig you approximately 6% per year before your, before your full retirement age. So if you went at 62 and your full retirement age is 66, and you're going four years earlier, so they're going to knock your uh, uh, Social Security benefit down by 24%. And... Uh, uh, then uh, if you wait until your full retirement and they're going to not even knock your 
benefits down, but they're also going to put that ceiling of 18,000-something, 18,200-something, so that if you make too much money, they're going to uh, take away a dollar for every two dollars you're above that. So you have to take that into your uh, calculations. And uh, if you wait till full retirement age, you can get your benefit, which you're supposed to get, and uh, you won't be limited to any... uh, uh, ceilings. You can make as much money as you want to. In fact, you, you, I'm sure our presidents are getting Social Security checks. <laughs> you know, I mean, not that it probably makes any difference to them, but uh, you can make as much money as you want to. So, uh, and then if you if you want to go later and say, okay, I am so wealthy that I really don't need this Social Security, I'm going to let it uh, accumulate. It, uh, it it increases at 8% per year. So let's say you're 66, and you say, well, I don't need it right now, and you let it go till another year, then your uh, full retirement um, uh, benefit will go up 8%, and it'll go up 8% per year until you get to be 870, at which point it um, it stops there. You know, you can't get any more increases past 70, so you don't, at that time, you draw your Social Security. Now, there is a, um, you know, just from my own practice, most of my people, most of my clients take a full retirement age. Uh, And I tell them about, well, you can make 8% more, but their their feeling is that, well, if I go till age 70, I don't know when I'm going to, I don't know how long I'm going to live. And uh, I basically have to live until uh, almost 80 uh, or late 70s before I can recoup the amount of benefits that I've given up uh, by not taking it until 70. So uh, since you don't know how long you're going to live, a bird in the hand is is better than two in the bush. So uh, most people go at uh, full retirement age just for that reason. Uh, But... uh, if you're going to go early, just know what you're going to do. You're going to take a uh, a gig. You're going to take a. They're going to knock down your benefits from your full retirement age. You're going to knock it down six percent per year that you're away from your full retirement age. Then you're going to have to live under this eighteen thousand two hundred and some dollar ceiling. And uh, the thing that counts against that ceiling are is earned income. In other words. They're not going to count the. Uh, they're not going to count the pensions and uh, 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 income from your real estate properties or uh, annuities or anything like that. It's strictly going to be earned income, like you would see on your W two or your ten ninety nine. So, okay. Uh, if you, if you need any more information, Abby, just give us a call. We'll be glad to pursue that. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, you can give us a call over that toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. In the cool of the evening when everything is getting kind of groovy. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAlee. 
you give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Now, so far, we said that, hey, uh, regardless of what the markets are doing, the United States is doing fairly well. Uh, you know, it's, it's hey, we've got the COVID, just like everybody else has got the uh, this uh, virus to get through, and the United States is basically uh, wearing masks and uh, doing social distancing and things of this nature. Uh, I think, uh, you know, once everybody gets in the mood for, uh, you know, applying the rules, like, like when I talk to my, my clients, my senior clients, they all realize they're vulnerable. Uh, and, uh, their decisions are, uh, you know, what do we do with the, the grandchildren? Uh, they want to hug their grandchildren, but they can't. Uh, they want that, uh, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up and uh, Christmas is coming up. And uh, that's a big quandary. You know, what are we going to do? Uh, so they're thinking about and talking about, well, we're going to do Zoom or we're going to do FaceTime. Uh, or we're going to drive over there and uh, they're inside or they're on the porch and we're in the car. Uh, How are we going to do this? So um, we just have to uh, realize that uh, uh, the vaccines are coming. Uh, The therapeutics are getting better, uh, but still we're losing people. In other words, just like... uh, we're losing approximately 700 to 800 people a day who do this COVID. I think in Ohio, it's anywhere from 10 to 20 people a day. So we do the best we can and uh, try to keep social distances. I know whenever I go shopping or people give me a wide berth and, uh, you know, even the youngsters, which <laughs> youngsters are 30 years old now, uh, even the youngsters, uh, <laughs> They, they, you know, I, they don't dash, dash and try to get in the door before me or anything like that. They give me a wild berth. Everybody is being uh, considerate and uh, respectful and, uh, you know, because they realize that, hey, uh, the, the older people are vulnerable and uh, they, uh, uh, you know, they, they just be civilized, you know, and, and uh, follow the rules. So and we'll get through this because the vaccines are coming, the therapeutics are getting better, and uh, uh, you know in 2022, or even in 2021, uh, we'll be saying, "Do you remember the old days?" In other words, today will be like we talk to talk to people about what we're going through today. Two years from now, these will be old war stories. So. Uh, okay, getting back to what's happening in the uh, economy, what we're seeing is that uh, people are going back to work. People are making money. People are spending money. Uh, the U.S. economy uh, continues to recover. More people going back to work. Uh, consumer spending. The Department of Commerce reported in their personal incomes and outlay report for September. Personal income increased $170.3 billion in September to $19,804 billion, or $19.8 trillion. Disposable personal income increased $150.3 billion to uh, uh, 
to an annual rate of uh, 17.6 billion. Personal consumption expenditure is what we spend out of what we're getting. Uh, that increased 201 billion dollars uh, in September, and uh, personal savings uh, personal savings rate right now is at about 14.3 percent. You know, before this whole COVID started, we were generally averaging maybe six or seven percent. But what you're seeing right now is that uh, the households uh, boosted their spending by about 1.4 percent in, in September, and that's been the fifth straight month of increases. Uh, the Commerce Department said personal consumption expenditures, uh, that's a measure of household spending for goods and services, uh, rose in September. Uh, they've increased um, uh, uh, they've increased spending for autos and uh, electronic equipment, and we'll get into that later in the show exactly where the where the extra money is going. Uh, the the uh, uh, the Economist that the uh, Wall Street Journal had expected a one percent increase in spending, but they were surprised at a 1.4% uh, increase in spending. And, of course, we reported earlier that, you know, the third quarter, the gross domestic product for the United States went up uh, 7.4%. And uh, if you look at what's happening in the factories, the factories are coming alive. Uh, they're not basic. They're not back to where they were before the COVID. Uh but uh, according to the U.S. Department of Commerce in their monthly uh, advanced report on durable goods manufacturers, shipments, inventories, and orders for September, uh, orders for long-lasting factory goods increased for, for the fifth consecutive month in September, uh, the latest sign that manufacturing companies are rebounding from supply chain disruptions and shutdowns. So, uh New orders for durable goods, and uh, these are things that are uh, produced to last more than three years, like cars and refrigerators. And uh, uh, so that's that's basically growing. And the uh, uh, the strongest part of the growth, you know, has has already happened. Uh, for instance, like in uh, July. July spending was up 11.8 percent in this month. In September, in uh, uh, August, it was about four percent, and in September, it was about 1.4 percent. So, uh, the economic data suggests that the economy is growing at a slower pace, and the but the uh, uh, the employment remains uh, short of the pandemic levels, and uh, uh, other. Uh, other gauges of factory activity uh, show that the momentum is picking up in the factories. Uh, the IHS Market Corporation survey of purchasing managers in uh, U.S. factories for October showed that the activity expanding at the fastest pace since early 2019. So according to them, demand is especially high for auto and electronics and uh, and uh, communications equipment. Uh, uh, U.S. consumer demand is also helping lift factories and households responded to the pandemic basically by cutting back on travel and in-person entertainment like uh, 
sports and uh, concerts and uh, restaurants and uh, and uh, they're spending the money that they saved on these things in terms of buying cars and and stuff like that so uh, let's take a look at the unemployment numbers uh, the claims for unemployment last week which uh, not for last week but the week ending uh, October 24th in other words, it's basically uh, uh, October 17th to October uh, 24th. New applications for unemployment benefits came in at 751,000. Uh, that was down 40,000 from the previous uh, week, and it's been going down, down, down. And uh, each week it goes by. And uh, uh, so far, uh, approximately 60 million. Uh, workers have applied for uh, state unemployment benefits, but most of these people have gone back to work. Uh, the people that are on continuing unemployment from week to week are 7,756,000, and that's down uh, uh, something like a, a, a million from the uh, previous week. So uh, things are going in the right direction. And uh, uh, what are we seeing here? Ohio. Ohio has approximately 180,000 people on continuing unemployment. And if I take into account the total number that are on the state's rolls, uh, the state's rolls is 7.7 million continuing. And if I take into account the gig workers and the uh, part-time workers who are generally not on the state, uh, payroll, uh, state uh, unemployment uh, benefits. Uh, you're talking somewhere in the order of 22 million people that are getting some sort of a benefit from either the state or the federal government. And, uh, uh, you know, the uh, and the majority of the income, it, 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 the majority of the income is not exposed to the coronavirus. Uh, the sections of the uh, the economy that are exposed, like the uh, travel, entertainment, uh, restaurants, uh, they're slowly gaining uh, as people become more adventuresome. But these sectors, these sectors will have to wait until the distribution of the vaccines. And the earliest that's going to happen is probably December. And uh, it'll take a whole year of 2021 to get uh, people vaccinated. So uh, uh, the the uh, uh, thing that we have to worry about is that uh, uh, employers have been increasing their payrolls for months after uh, severe staff cuttings, and basically the the economy shed 22 million jobs in March and April, and uh, so far they've got something like 11.4 million people back that still have people that are still unemployed. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Let's talk about uh, 
uh, new residential uh, sales for new houses, new construction. And uh, basically last week we talked about new construction in general from the builder's viewpoint. And what we showed at that particular time was uh, because of the low interest rates, uh, the 30-year mortgages with uh, uh, 20% down and uh, fixed rates are generally going for uh, 3%. Uh, if we take a look at the uh, people that want to get out of uh, are working at home and they want more room, so the, there's a lot of demand for housing and home construction uh, right now is booming. Uh, for instance, uh, reported last week that for September, uh, single-family homes, uh, uh, comparing September of, uh, this year to last year, permits were up 24%, starts were up 22%, completions were up 8%. And then if you compare year-to-date and say, how does, how does January through September of 2000 of this year compare to last year? Uh, Single-family homes, uh, uh, permits were up uh, 10%, uh, starts were up 6%, completions were up 2%. So basically, uh, we had a dip in March and April, but home construction has eliminated that dip and is even ahead of where we were in 2019. So if you take a look and say, okay, how now that we've got the houses constructed, how are they selling? Uh, new home sales in September uh were surprisingly strong, but they were down uh three and a half percent from the previous uh from from August, but they were still up thirty two percent above uh, September a year ago. So uh you know in and uh what we're looking at is the the median uh price of the houses that are being the new homes being sold right now or $326,800, and uh, last month they were 300 and what were they last month? Uh, 322400 So uh, the prices are climbing. Uh, the, uh, uh, the number of, for instance, the number of, uh, you buy a new home today, 66% of the homes that are sold were either under construction or hadn't even started construction yet. Uh, and what you're seeing right now is that the lower-priced homes are a small percentage. In other words, a home uh, selling for less than $200,000 is only about 5% of the, uh, of the market for new homes, 65% of the market for new homes is between 200,000 and 400,000 and the the rest of it uh, the other 30% is in the higher price homes. So uh, you know in September uh, the new home sales were 32% above uh, they were they were a year ago and uh, the uh, uh, the year to date sales uh, for 2020 or 618,000 new homes versus 529,000 new homes sold in 2019. Uh, if you take a look and say, okay, uh, what else is happening in the U.S. economy? Uh, the, uh, 
uh, personal income and outlays. Uh, this week, the Department of Commerce and their personal income and outlays reported uh, an increase of uh, nine-tenths of a percent for September. Uh, in August, they had reported uh, a negative 2.7 percent, and that's because of the uh, the uh, the uh, stimulus program that was initiated with the CARES Act in March. Uh, the money ran out at the end of July, so the money being spent in September was down 2.7 percent. But if you take a look at the uh, uh, the uh, personal income changes uh, month to month in, in terms of how much people are spending. In September, they increased 1.4%. August, it was 1.0%. Uh, July, it was 1.5%. In June, it was 6.2%. In, in May, it was 8.6%. So people went into the coronavirus and the people came out and basically, people are uh, spending. So uh, the factories are, are uh, operating. Uh, new orders have increased 1.9 percent, or uh, 4.3 billion. Uh, so uh, durable goods orders are picking up. Civilian aircraft is is in limbo, you know, because of the problems with the seven. Uh, 737 MAX, uh, they finally got it certified to fly again, but because of the collapse in the airline industry, uh, there's just too many airplanes right now. Uh, they don't need any new airplanes right now. The, uh, the airlines are flying about 35% of the uh, routes that they were flying before. And now auto production Auto production, after a surprising gain in order sales for July, of 22 percent, and uh, August eased down uh, 4 percent, and then September uh, picked up 1.5 percent. And uh, if we take a look at year to date, year to date, what you're showing is that for durable goods, uh, we're down 10.1 percent from a year ago. Uh, primary metals, steels down 9%, uh, fabricated metals down 6%. You're basically showing that uh, the pandemic has cost us, in terms of manufacturing, anywhere from 5 to 10%. And, and I think we'll get back to where we were before. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. Are you ready for Halloween? How ready you want to get is strictly up to you. Some people decorate their lawns like a graveyard. Others just turn on the porch light so the kids know they're welcome. In any case, half the fun of Halloween is watching the youngsters. When you open the door, they come in all shapes and sizes. Some are old hands at this. They know the ropes. The trick is to dash across the lawn, across the street without getting run over. Collect the most loot. Others... They're totally, over, they're totally overwhelmed and bewildered. This is something totally new to them. What you do is you hold out your bag or your pillowcase and people throw candy bars and coins into them. The little ones that don't know what they're doing, they're hanging onto their older brothers or sisters' hands 
And when the older sibling picks up the pace, they're running as fast as they can. That is fascinating to try to understand what makes them tick. Here's a story about a smart little boy named Mickey. And then this is a this is in St. Bartholomew's uh, uh, church hall. And uh, in there, bright orange silk pumpkins and green gourds and fall leaves were scurrying through the halls of St. Bartholomew as the first through the sixth graders arrived well-costumed for their fall parent musicale. Some children were repeating their lines just one more time, and some were practicing their bending exercises so they could imitate fall trees on stage. Nikki, who's our adventuresome little boy, however, was on a more inquisitive tour of the snack table that was being prepared for families after the fall play. At one end of the long table was a generous pyramid of polished shiny apples in a large glass bowl decorated with fall festival of bittersweet. In front, in front of the apple display was a sign that read, Take only one, God is watching. Mmm, said Mickey. He was reminded that God does not like greedy little children. At the other end of the table, however, Mickey spied something that he liked even better. Warm chocolate brownies with fudge frosting. Delighted with his new find, he yelled to the other children around him, Look what I found! And you and you can take all you want because God is busy watching the apples. So this week we have to be careful to watch out for the little people because they have other things on their minds. So enjoy yourself this week until we meet again next week for more Get Rich Slow. May God protect you and keep you safe. You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.